Hey guys, welcome to another Fair Income episode. Today we had on a very special guest by the name of Ruben Street. You might know him by his viral video where he speaks about how he reverted to Islam. Um, he was once an atheist and he speaks about what it's like to be a revert in Australia. Uh, beyond that as well, he speaks about his passion in film and photography and we dabbled in a lot of other things as well. But this is a very special app, a lot of laughs, a lot of uh, you know emotions. So don't forget to like and subscribe on the video and yeah. Thank you. Anything, alhamdulillah, as a convert you get out of Tajweed classes because they just go, they're never going to be able to speak Arabic, so <laughs> let's just leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> but you were 20, man. Young. So, yeah, I, I started investigating Islam when I was 19. Um, I don't know, are we rolling? Yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Uh, How do you normally start these things? Oh, you yeah, just start? Nice. It depends. Nice. A, a, lo a lot of guests, it's their first podcast. Right, so if we right. said, hey guys, welcome to the channel, introduce yourself, the guy buckles a bit, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so it's a re we flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah look. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. If you want me to, bro, I'll start off uh, this podcast with. <laughs> fair income. <laughs> oh, this is fair income, bro. You want a fair income? Oh, fair income. <laughs> <laughs> Cover Bluey, sport chief champ. <laughs> That's fine, that's fine. Now I've moved to bro and cuz. It used to be, you know, hey, how you going, sport? What's going on, champ? You know? Uh, <laughs> now it's bro and cuz, yeah. <laughs> I have developed. I think I've, well, I don't know if you would call that uh, developed. <laughs> Regressed. <laughs> Devolved. <laughs> yeah, I know a few of my mates. The area. Look, I think my wife once said to me, and uh, and she's Lebanese, she goes, you're more Lebo than I am. And I went, is that a compliment or is that an insult? <laughs> I don't know which way to take that. <laughs> Took it as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. You grew up in the country, right? I grew up in a place called Cobram. Um, and that was, uh, you know, we had a farm and it was, it was like your neighbour is a kilometre away. Seriously, you would drive into the property and it would take you a couple of minutes to get to the house, you know, before you got there. It wasn't like it was rich or anything. The house probably worth 10 grand or something. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was a nice upbringing because we, I learned to be self-sufficient. Like I didn't rely on anyone. Me and my sister sort of got along really well. And uh, it, was, it was nice sort of getting back to nature. Actually, it's something I want to return to. I know it sounds really weird. Yeah. But I'm sort of looking forward to... And my job provides that opportunity where you can work from home or, you know, um, edit, edit anywhere. And then usually you're travelling to jobs. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe returning to the country a bit. Like, yeah. I don't know. How about for the kids? Like, would, is that something you'd want uh, for them? Let them move out. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and just as far away, like, so the pe these petrol's expensive and yeah. they just won't visit much, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, lo I love my children. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, no, they're, they're wonderful kids. Um, yeah, we'll have a special place for them. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, we're looking forward to, to maybe returning to like horses and, mm. you know, some, some beautiful animals and stuff. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. A bit of a simpler yeah. existence. Yeah. yeah. She's the one who wants it as well. So she's from like the day, like the, not the day, right. But the country in Lebanon. Um, and she, like they lived in the mountains cause she actually grew up in Lebanon. So mm. she was born here. I was born in New Zealand. So funnily, I'm a fob, right? I'm off the boat. <laughs> She's the Aussie. <laughs> and, uh, and she, they went back to Lebanon um, and then the war broke out mm. and then they got sort of stuck there and then they came back to Australia. So she actually spent most of her primary school in Lebanon. Mm. So she came back here and, um, but she loved the country. She loves that, mm. that simple existence, you know. I mean, they used to go get milk, fresh milk, you know. We're not talking about Pura. 
talking about from a cow, you know, yeah. and you want some eggs, go squeeze the chicken, right? <laughs> so, so it was um, it's something I think both of us have got in our blood a little bit, yeah. So, yeah. So New Zealand, like I was born in Christchurch. So how wow. ironic is that? <laughs> Christchurch. <laughs> um, and we came over when I was really young. So I think I was two or three or something. And then we moved to the country and then we moved to the city when I was kind of just finishing primary school. So, so I sort of came in for the last couple of years of primary school and then high school. And yeah, but I love the city, but I'd love, I'd love to return to that country lifestyle. So my dad, we moved 17 times before I was 18, eight, eight years old because he was, a, he was a teacher and they used to put him like a relief teacher almost. So mm. he would go with maternity leave three months. So in a year we'd move four times. So I moved school a bunch of times, um, moved house a bunch of times. Like it was, was sort of tough, but I think it's also made me resilient to, to things. But it's also part of the reason why we haven't moved since uh, <laughs> we've had kids. Been Still in the same house for almost 20 years. Uh, my studio, 16 years. So I think it's made me want to be a bit of a, you know, mm. homebody. Yeah, stay stay in the one spot for a, for a while. So. Well, you weren't born. So <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> no way. <laughs> so I, uh, yes, I I fell into that profession a little bit. Like I, I know it sounds, um, sounds funny, but I, I kind of got a pretty good score in year 12, um, good enough to get into arts at Melbourne Uni. Bro, I might start rocking in the recording? Yeah. Sorry, guys, we have some like technical difficulties. If you're joining us at this bit, you can resume. Oh, resume. Okay. Yeah. So you're talking about the. Um, so the you're working in. So I worked in the field. I worked in. Um, as I said, I sort of fell into each of these things, and they weren't my chosen career path because I didn't know yep. you could make film and you know yep. video and things your career path. I thought it was like a hobby, but um, uh, yeah, I fell into this job, and I ended up doing sort of things in the behaviour management sphere. And because I'm a guy yep. in a largely female dominated. Yep. Um, profession they gave me the psychos right yeah. <laughs> so, so this one guy um and i really hope you know the best for this guy because he just struggled and struggled he couldn't communicate properly so he would use violence as a form of communication so i'm not going to say his name because um, he would have been he's probably about 35 or so now when i worked with him he was about 18 okay and i remember saying to him you know i'll call him x yeah hey x how you doing and i remember his head just it just turned, man, like Rich. more than like a head's supposed to turn. <laughs> like yeah. looked, looked at me over the couch and I went, whoa, like, <laughs> not good. And I was in kind of like a lockup ward. So it was... Um, you and him. It was me and him, man. That's right. And, and, yeah. and uh, subhanAllah, he just launched off this couch, right? And just ran at me. And then he picked me up. Now, look, I'm 120 kilos. I'm six foot five. Yeah. And he went like this. And my legs were, you know, like in the movies. <laughs> my legs are just going like this. Right? And I thought, that's crap in the movies. It's not crap, boys, I'm telling you. People can do that. And um, he launched me into a wall. And I went into the wall. Like, I was like this with plaster. I don't know you're laughing, bro. But I was, I was no, scared no, no, by no, this, I'm, right? I'm no, no, I don't care if you're laughing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing the cinematography. I'm, I'm still PTSD, <laughs> bro. I'm twitching. Um, <laughs> and, and subhanAllah... Uh, my, uh, you know, back then we used to put our phone on our on our belt, yeah. like you know, losers. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, now it's in your pocket. <laughs> um, but we used to have like you actually buy like the belt mm. clip and stuff yeah. to look really cool. And uh, it smashed my phone to pieces, and I was in the wall trying to get out. And then he grabbed a uh, pencil and he yeah. stabbed me like um, in the abdomen with the pencil. And I thought I actually thought I'm going to die. Like this guy's going to kill me because if he just kept on doing that, yeah. I probably would have been finished. Right? One but he only one stabbed me once. Yeah, one artery. Uh, yeah, exactly. And um, Subhanallah, he 
I did this crazy move like Street Fighter back in the day. Right? Okay. <laughs> I mean, it probably looked terrible, but in my mind, it yeah. was proper Ryu. Like yeah. I grabbed him, I put my foot on his stomach and I rolled backwards and I chucked him. And he, was, he wasn't a small guy. He would have been yeah. six foot, maybe sort of 100 kilos or 95 kilos. But I was certainly bigger. Yeah. And I felt like I was stronger, but I could not stop this guy. So I just launched him <laughs> and I bolted for the corridor. Yeah. And it was like one of those pin pad. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, beep, beep, beep. Oh, yeah. And it's going, <laughs> like, and, going and it's like the alien, like, you know, yeah. it's running down the corridor. And I'm going, like this, and, you know, sweat. And you can see in the back as well. Whole film, right? Yeah, like, it's like, you know, it's coming closer, coming closer. And I finally got the door open. Oh and God. I slammed the door on his hands and I almost cut all four of his fingers off. I, broke his, close I broke his hands. No, he got his hand into the door as I was Darn. trying to shut it. And, um, you know, hold on, I, I broke his hand. And um, he then, I got the door closed and then he went ballistic in this place. So it had a toilet. He ripped the toilet out of the ground. Like, I don't know if you've ever <sighs> seen like a toilet. 18 year old big boy? 18 year old. He was strong. He had, he would self-harm. So he'd punch himself in the face constantly. So he had multiple broken noses. So yeah. his nose was, he looked like a boxer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had like toughened skin around here yeah. and around here where he would smack his head against walls. So like, there's nothing I could do to hurt this guy, yeah. right? Oh my God. And actually I forgot, I did, I think I punched him in the stomach yeah. to try and stop him and it did nothing. Yeah, like yeah. it was, and I gave him the best I could possibly <laughs> do, right? Like <laughs> I, was, I, was, I thought I was going to die. I yeah. actually thought I was going to die. This is crucial, but where's the pen? Is it still in you? Yeah, no, so when I sign right now, I just go like that. It was a Mont Blanc, you know, really expensive <laughs> pen. No, no, it was like a, a Bicol. I think it was a pencil, yeah. maybe, actually. I don't know. Maybe I got lead poisoning. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's a good one. Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, I went home. So he, he calmed down and to the point where when I went back in the room, like only 15, 20 minutes later, I could actually speak to him and he was calm. So he would just fly off the handle. And so he would use that violence to communicate. And I just sort of realised, hey, I've just got to, you know, work with this guy that way. So you went back after getting stabbed. (laughs) So I I, I was, it wasn't (laughs) like I was pouring blood. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, no one else could go in because he would just destroy them. Because everyone I was working with was like 50 kilos and he would just launch them out the window. Do you know what I mean? So I had to try and calm him down. We had to get him back home and then I had to go to hospital. (laughs) Right. So so he, um, I, I remember... That night going home and I, I was still yeah. shaking. I yeah. still had the adrenaline and everything uh, running through. And I think at the time, because no one sort of mentioned PTSD back then, but I think I had it. Like yeah. I was pretty hammered yeah. after that. And I remember watching the news and not finding things sad. Yeah. Like I was just going numb, right? Because yeah, yeah. it was just, I was fighting for my life with this guy every day. So he would attack me every day. And I worked with him for another, um, I think it was about another three or four months after that. Um, but I made inroads to, to change yeah. career. And that's when my wife made that amazing comment to me that I always thank her for. She said, you've always loved movies. Because I said, I've got to get out of this profession. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm liking this. Uh. And she goes, you've always loved movies. Why don't you, you know, look into doing something with film or, you know, filming things, whatever. Mm. That's, you know, back yeah. then. And so we actually, I took a few days off after that. The work made me take a few days off. And we went into the city and um, put a deposit on a camera. And a yeah. computer, and it was twenty-seven thousand dollars for one yeah. camera and yeah. one computer, and I think it had like Ooh. half a meg of RAM. Or something. It, was, it was the uh, worst back computer. Then, that's a house deposit. It back was then, a lot, man. It was a lot, yeah, and like I borrowed. I borrowed the money off my sister. She helped us out, and we made that commitment. I remember my wife looking at me, going, "You sure you don't like psychology? This is twenty-seven <laughs> grand. You sure?" Oh, it was like it was like thirteen yeah. for the camera, a computer, and fourteen for the camera. Yeah. And um, oh, yeah. yeah, it was. And looking back now, they're so crap, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, they were amazing at the time. And uh, yes, yeah, subhanAllah, it took me quite a while to do the transition across because, you know, we'd just gotten married only a few years earlier and, uh, you know, trying to 
pay the bills and this mm. and that. And here I am trying to start my own business, costing us money. And you don't, as you guys would know, you don't have business knocking on the door as soon as you start a business, you know? Yeah, no, you don't. And it's certainly not like a cafe or something where someone walks in day one. But yeah, look, something happened and a friend of mine told me about a position available at Ford. Yep. And that was when, before YouTube, before the internet, before <laughs> all this, yep. um, they had a radar, like a satellite dish on top. They called it Ford Star. They would actually broadcast to all the different um, uh, Ford dealerships around Australia. Yeah, so yeah. I worked with those guys for a while. And um, then I made the mistake of shooting someone's wedding for free. And uh, the Levos saw it and <laughs> that was the, the rest of it. Then, I, then it was like a thousand weddings later. <laughs> I started shooting, I think I was doing mishmish uh, weddings <laughs> every week. Dumba weddings on Friday, Macedonian weddings on Sundays, Italian weddings on Saturday. We were killing it. Oh my God. And, um, and sh- long story short, basically <coughs> about seven, seven or eight years ago, uh, Alhamdulillah, I've got two kids. My daughter was about... I think she was about nine at the time or maybe, no, she would have been, yeah, maybe seven or eight. Mm. She just looked at me one night because I used to go from Friday yep. through to sort of Monday night, you know, and wedding videographers used to do like 10 a.m. till midnight, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you've ever been to a mishmish wedding, you know, right, they go crazy for, for the whole night. And she just said to me, you work too much. And that oh. killed me. Your right? daughter said My this daughter goes, you work too much. I never oh. see you. This is like an eight-year-old, right, yeah. looking at me. And she just cut my heart in half. So I, I made that commitment to stop doing weddings at that time. Yep. And shortly after, I made a commitment to go to Hajj. Uh, I think one of the brothers here has gone to Hajj. Uh, yeah. And uh, just kind of changed things around for myself. And, um, and a couple of years later, the corporate side of things really sort of took off. And yeah, alhamdulillah, now we're, now we're really busy doing a lot of corporate promotional stuff, film work, documentaries. It's been awesome. So. Fairly recent. Like it's, it well, we were doing it as well. Like even though, so we shot our first film in 2009. So that was, what, 13 years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to plug we, it? We did. Quick? Yeah, look, if you want, it's on Vimeo, Once Upon a Mountain. We won some awards for it. Yeah. it was, uh, it I actually saw that one. That's the Oregon one? Yeah, that's the one about Oregon. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's the full feature that's film. If I'd awesome. known what I was getting myself into, we never yeah. would have done it. That was ridiculous. <laughs> doing a film in America. Yeah. Had to go back three times. It cost us <laughs> 20, 30, 40 grand or something. But I, I, I was thinking, where the hell did... Ruben and Oregon, <laughs> this random, was well, it you called know, Jeffrey something? It's Jasper Mountain, right? Jasper what Mountain. it was, was, um, so whilst I was doing weddings, the whole way through we were still doing corporate work. We were always yeah. doing stuff yeah. for companies and we did stuff for Ford for years, um, a few other companies as well. And, you know, wedding work is weekends, corporate works during the week. So we were able to sort of fit them all in, but we never went hard corporate. Like we yeah. do maybe one a week, one every two weeks or something like that. Now it's like, you know, it's every day. But um, Jasper Mountain was a conference we were filming. Yeah. And I met the guy and I heard him speaking and he was talking about this approach to child abuse that, yeah. was, that was not only physiological, not only psychological, but spiritual. Yeah. And it wasn't any particular spirituality. It yeah. was just like a holistic approach to, to healing people with child, like serious child abuse. Yeah. And I went up to him afterwards and I said, man, that was amazing. Your speech was incredible. I want to make a documentary about you. And he thought we were just some job I was. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah, problems. Yeah. Come. Yeah. So we booked flights. Yeah. <laughs> Is, well, you're coming? Yeah. <laughs> I'm and we're like, it. bro, you said yes. He goes, I was just being nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we fix a bed up, man. We're coming. It was three of us. And we didn't actually look at the map properly. I didn't know Oregon was so far north. We booked a car from LA. <laughs> it took us 27 hours to drive. Oh, so you did so a road trip? We road tripped it, bro. It was yeah. off its head. Like How we was were, it? I was almost driving off the highway. We got pulled <laughs> over by the cops. We're doing, we're doing 90-something miles an hour because we just wanted to get there. Right? Yeah, and this yeah. cop pull, it was awesome comes in in a car <laughs> takes off you know and it was like big you know hair really Amer- all yeah. American girl yeah. 
you're a little over the limit there, buddy. You know? <laughs> and we just like, oh, g'day, Cobber. How's it going? You know? Oh, from another country. What's these numbers on this dial? You know? Making out as if we didn't understand yeah, kilometres. Yeah. And they let us off. It was yeah. awesome. That's crazy. <laughs> it was the Australian yeah. accent. The Australian, they just thought, oh, poor, poor Aussies. You yeah, know, they're they're really stupid down there. Right? <laughs> but, you know. We, they're already we, isolated. You know, they're all criminals from the, <laughs> the penal colony. But, um, yeah, we got off and uh, and, and it was, we just had so many stories. But we went there, filmed for a couple of weeks, and then we went back another two times to sort of complete it. Yeah, and uh, and that taught me a lot. And then the next one we did was like a racism thing. The jury's out. We mm -hmm. did um, went to Syria. Did yep. a doco on the the refugees there. Yeah. Uh, one on the coward punch. Someone whose family was killed. Uh, their son was killed by a coward punch. You know, like when someone mm -hmm. king uh, hit. Yeah, yeah. They've changed the name so that they make <laughs> it sound a lot more derogatory now. Yeah, you know? uh, king hit sounded really awesome, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And and coward punch is obviously what it should be called because yep. you know yeah. this is someone just hitting someone who's not even yeah. Yeah, expecting this yeah. hit. Yeah. And they killed their son. And now we're in the middle of making a couple more films. We've got a little horror film coming yeah. out soon. It's, um, no. it's about kind of the decisions you make. Like I like to make things that make some sort of statement or have, you know, make well, a difference or yeah. something like that. And I guess that's even in the work we do now. Like our clients, I think we talked about this before the podcast, but there's things I won't film. There's things people have asked us to film. Yeah. And, and, you know, and even just things like um, promoting restaurants that happen to have pokey venues yeah. or something like that and, you know, we had a couple of close calls with, uh, you know, clients asking us to film something and it was really lucrative yeah. and, you know, you know, in your head something saying, don't worry, bro, just, you know, yeah, just it, come yeah. on, man, it's a lot of cash, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know where that's coming from, right? Exactly. And then you sort of say, all right, you know, nah, I've got to push that away. You know, Allah's going to open other doors and, yeah. and, and they, other doors are open. So, yeah, subhanAllah, we've been tested a few times, but um, now it's... Uh, yeah, now we can't can't keep up. So hundred percent. One, one thing. Sorry, no, you're right, bro. Go ahead. I was gonna say one thing that I realized about you. Like, I think the audience should know this as well. Like, giving the flowers to the guest is so the Jasper film. I call it Jasper. What's Jasper. Like? Yeah, Once Upon a Mountain. Once Upon, Upon a, a Mountain. Because yeah. it's called Jasper Mountain. Was that your first film? That was our first film. Yeah. And you won an award for that. Yes. At the film festival. That's one thing that you didn't actually like mention, and I thought we'd like touch on that as well, Loki as well. Yeah, look, oh, sorry, we also did just one recently about the bushfires. The bushfires. Which, which actually, um, that was an amazing film for the fact that it, it was put together in a day and a half. We filmed it in a day and a half. Yeah. We got B-roll um, and some other footage off the people that went to the bushfires. And, mate, that's won like about eight awards. Like, yeah. it's crazy. But oh, to be honest with you, it sounds really glamorous, mm -hmm. like winning awards and all this yeah. sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's just a little wreath thing. <laughs> and I've just put it there to charge more money to other yeah. clients. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's more recognition. Yeah, it just makes you feel important. Yeah. Exactly. Not, you know, can you not talk to me? Talk to my PA. <laughs> that's the, the, the fire one, that's the one you won with Doctors Without No Borders, yeah? Yeah, so, so no, not Doctors, uh, Docs Without Borders. Docs like with Documentaries. Gotcha. Um, but and that's a play on that docs, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that, why, because that, it gets same. a bit more recognition. And in we, that yeah, we got like some community awards. We got a couple <laughs> of other ones. Um, and and look, we've worked on a couple of medical films where we haven't produced the whole film, but they've won a whole bunch of things as well. And and look, as I said, it's not the be all and end all. It doesn't. It does make you feel good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's really nice to have those little wreaths on your website <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm just going to try and get some t-shirts printed. But um, <laughs> but but essentially, some you know tattoos, but the hat on. We're in Trop Fest. Last year of Trop Fest, we were finalists at. Trop Fest, and then now that, that festival's gone, man. <laughs> it was the biggest short film festival in the world. Oh, yeah. um, wow. So, subhanAllah, it does make you at least feel like other people think what you're doing is okay. Exactly. Uh, and that's probably all I take from it other than that. but um, And it does open some doors because people will then say, well, what have you done? And you say, well, we've won. All. Oh, well, yeah. then, all right, we can grant you some funding. Yeah. So, it does grease the wheels a little bit, but other Portfolio. than that, it doesn't really, doesn't really mean a lot Much other than that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't value your um, product that you made or the doco, the film you made, 
depending on the um, awards. Exactly. So your value, you take your value from what you've done for the people who are in the mm. film. So the guys at Jasper Mountain, when they, I'll never forget this moment, they came to our studio to watch the final cut, right? Yeah. And I was nervous as. Yeah. And so my studio has got this theatre room. It's not much sort of, um, it's a little bit smaller than this. And it's got four seats. And then we just sort of put a couple of seats for me and my wife and, yeah. and uh, one of the other guys that was helping us edit at the time. And they sat down and they watched it. And I remember my heart was in my throat, man. Like I was yeah. thinking, this is their life, right? Exactly. That film is this whole, you know, family's life. Because yep. it's like a family, you know, it's like a village raising these yeah. kids. And they, I looked over at them at the end and they were in tears. And, and I'll never forget that moment, man. It was like, wow, like this is the power of this thing, you know. Mm. And then from there on in, it, it sort of has been used as an educational resource for psychologists and for other. And I guess it was kind of like a bridge between what I used to do and what, and what I'm doing now. Because there's transferable skills in any qualification that you do, right? So sure. anything you learn, you're going to use it. One day. You know, and, and it might just be how to deal with people or how to read situations or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like it was ever a wasted thing and I don't think any education is a waste, you know. Yeah. It's always, always um, a benefit. I, I wanted to ask you about, because I think you attach what you do to your identity, kind of, don't you? True, You yeah. feel like you do well. What you are is kind of what you do. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I wanted to ask, like, when and it comes to... what you eat and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a walking kebab. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah, we don't eat pig, but... <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... When, <coughs> for example, I, I notice this a lot of my own stuff, yeah? So w because we're in a creative field, a lot of the times you attach how well we do and, and, and uh, like... Your, your own based, feeling of value? Yeah, based, based, of, based off of, like, the reactions of others. Recognition, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And um, yep. I wanted to ask, like, for example, when you're proud of a work but you don't really get <coughs> the reception you expected from others, like, does that eat away at you? Or do you kind of, like, have you found a way to... You know, compartmentalize that. So I think when I first started, um, I was seeking validation quite a lot. Like I would thrive off someone saying, hey, you did really well. Hey, you did, you know, you did this. And I think that's just something that until you feel your own sense of self-assurance, hmm. you're going to need other people to make you feel like you're doing all right. Um, I think that's it's also a kind of a weakness, but it's a necessary weakness. Like you yeah. have to go through that feeling of, hey, I need this validation because am I doing okay? I don't know. Yeah. Like you, and especially from your peers, like someone else who's in that same uh, field, if they say you're doing all right, that means a lot. Yeah. But it's not so much like I only feel good if other people tell me I'm doing good, right? Mm. But I think as you get a bit older, and obviously I have the benefit of a few decades <laughs> on you boys, yeah. right? I think collectively if you add all your ages up, I'm still a bit older than you, all right? SubhanAllah, <laughs> um, so you become more interested in your intention than your than the outcome because even though you know you give 110 percent, you'd be the best version of yourself all the the, the the characteristics of a good muslim but you got to make sure you're doing it for the right reason otherwise mm. whatever you did is, is a waste of time yeah. so if i'm making the, the the bushfire documentary and i'm doing it because i want some awards so i can say hey i want some awards right mm. then that's wrong but if i if i do it and I want to change people's opinions because that movie has changed so many people's opinions about Muslims mm. because they're like, far out, you know. These guys just out of the kindness of their heart from Mishmish yeah. <laughs> went out, made barbecues and did all this sort of stuff for no reason other than to help their fellow, you know, um, neighbour. They call it kind mm. of your neighbour, right? Because, yeah. hey, if I need help, who's going to help me? True. Mm. And so, subhanAllah, the fact that that's happened, that makes me happier yeah. than anyone telling me, oh, what a good film. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like yeah. it's... Um, so your intention is is hundred percent the most important thing. I, I think you get that as you get a bit older. Yeah, yeah I only ask these questions because obviously within creative fields, you feel like there's a lot of 
There's a lot of emphasis. No, 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 yeah, there's like a, a lot of emphasis on being like somebody who stands out from the crowd, you know. And um, for me, in my, in like, I'm okay, I can only speak for myself in this regard. It's like, um, like, like what's good and what's bad is actually very subjective. Of course, you of know. Course, yeah. And 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 for 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 you to hear something from somebody. That especially somebody that you like, Respect. you rate their opinion, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and they were to look at you and go, "Oh, what you've done is trash." Like, how would you <laughs> deal with that? You know, look, I have had people tell me they didn't like something I did, and I remember I think I was a bit arrogant at the time. I was like, "Oh, where's your movie?" Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sorry, where's your last? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, then you know, yeah, zip it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, zip <laughs> it. Zip <laughs> it. Um, but I think, uh, like as I said, I think there's something that comes with a, with a bit of maturity. I have some of it now, alhamdulillah. I haven't got, I'm still a child in a man's body. But, um, <laughs> yeah, six but or five. Yes, <laughs> a very large child. Uh, but but you're, my, I say to my kids, right, it doesn't matter what anyone thinks except what Allah thinks. Hmm. So if your audience is, is just Allah, that's all that matters. If Allah thinks you're doing all right, so if you're doing something, your intention is good, you're doing something halal, you're doing it for the right reasons. You're helping people. You're being polite. You're being the best version of yourself. When you work with people, you're nice to them. Mm. Um, then, like, how can you go wrong? If, if you know what I mean, it doesn't yeah, matter if definitely, it's trash. Definitely, everything you did up until that point. All right, if it's a great outcome, that's an extra bonus. Yeah. But it doesn't. It does. I'm not going to say that anyone's saying to me, "Hey, I really like that film you made," or whatever. That that makes me feel proud that we're doing something right. But I don't need it, like yeah. maybe I used to when I was younger. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I think that's just. And I said that's something that comes with time. It's not something you get straight away. And I've met people who are really young like that. I'm blown away by it yeah. because I know I was a lot weaker back then. You know, sure. I needed that yeah. validation. That validation. So Is it yeah. more so like you just get more comfortable in, within your own shoes? Um, so I, look, there's, you know that YouTube video that's now a TikTok? Yeah, and the there's, viral there's one. The viral stuff, right? That's, that's got millions of views or whatever. I, that always really scared me yeah. because I worried about how much of a wanker I would become <laughs> if, if I got fame, right? Because fame changes you, right? Cash yeah. changes you. There's a certain number of things change you. Oh, but people telling you how good you are all the time yeah. really changes you, right? I don't want people to tell me how good I am all the time, right? Just sometime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but it's like this Sahaba, you know? Don't yeah. tell me my, the things I'm doing well. Tell me my faults so I can yeah. improve. Mm. And it's like, it's like if I came in here and said, hey, I, I should improve this on your setup or yeah. I should do... Like I'm not telling you because I don't... I want good things for you. I'm telling you because I care. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Why would I even bother telling you what to do, right? Yeah. yeah. And so some people will take that as a criticism, but really, I'm saying, guys, you're going places. Yeah. Hey, maybe you move this, and it, it makes that extra two percent difference, five percent, exactly. yeah. and then you add those up, and it's it's fifty percent difference. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. So, so I totally forgot what you were asking the question. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> going off on tangents. Oh, sorry. No, you were no, going no. on the viral video. Yeah. So that that video. Um, and how much? Subhanallah, I. That the first time, so I filmed that video, right? That's my camera. <laughs> that's, that, that's that crappy camera. How bad is that? No one knows you this, You know right? what, fame, but you no saw one yourself. This, but they know it now, right? <laughs> um, I, I was asked to go to Sydney by the brothers up there in Sydney. They were good friends of mine and they're like, bro, come up. We're going to get a whole bunch of converts, reverts, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, you know, um, talking and, uh, you know, come up, film it and maybe we'll get you to, to also, you know, give a little talk, right? So I set that camera up <laughs> and then they go, yellow, get up. And it was a thousand people yeah. wow. in the Sydney Town Hall, man. Like they, I was, I don't think I've ever been that nervous in yeah, my life. I was, apart from Shahada. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I was nervous doing that. This one, I was like, um, subhanAllah, because Sydney's a bit of a different crowd too, you know, yeah. I didn't know what to expect. That video went crazy. Mm -hmm. And that was like the start. And, and I didn't put it on YouTube. I've never, yeah. like, what is it? Monetized any of our yeah. videos? Never done anything like that. So how to leave your camera? 
Sorry? How to leave your camera. So I gave that video to the guys up there in Sydney uh-huh. and they made it into videotapes and, and at the time I think it became DVDs shortly yeah. after, right? It's crazy. And then someone ripped it and put it <laughs> and, and it, then it got translated, right? It went into <laughs> Turkish, Hindi, Indonesia. like all these different... I've seen it in the news. Yeah, I know. And in the okay, reaction so videos. I didn't know that. And people do reaction videos to it. And then, uh, reaction no, videos? Okay, yeah, I didn't know yeah, that either. Wallah. <laughs> all right. And so, <laughs> oh, that worries me. Um, do you want to know so, what the title is? Sorry, before you... Yeah, oh, Islam hating... Nazi guy Nazi. or something. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. I was never a Nazi. Like, <laughs> subhanAllah. Anyway, they, it's always clickbait, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, so this video got translated to Turkish and it was put on the president of Turkey's um, wallpaper. I don't know. It was like MySpace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is way before your time, right? Yeah, or maybe crazy. it was Facebook. Anyway, it went crazy apparently. And so I had Turkish mates going, bro, we're going crazy in Turkey. So we were actually going to Turkey for holiday, right? No. And I was like to my wife, listen, honey, I don't want to alarm you, yeah. but I'm very famous in Turkey, right? <laughs> and I was, doing, I was like, listen, you know, like maybe just walk a bit behind me. Like just <laughs> pretend you're not. I was giving it, I was yeah. joking. Yeah. Anyway, we rock up to Turkey. We go through the airport. We get to the hotel. And, you know, you've got to give your passport mm-hmm. uh, internationally at hotels. And the guy goes... Like this, right? I'm not joking. He goes, oh my God. Oh my God. Like this, he goes, it's you. Oh my God. It's Ruben. Like this, so like, I'm like, I was joking to my missus, right? And it's yeah. like, this guy's going off his head, right? And he calls the manager of the hotel. They give us the presidential suite. <laughs> they organise, take us out to dinner each night, which yeah. we didn't want, right? We just wanted to go on a holiday. But it was, it was nice. Um, and then we went to the bazaar and people are running up to us and giving us free stuff and, and, and I've got to tell you, bro, it was a very small brush with fame, right? Yeah. But I hated every second <laughs> of it. Yeah. Because everybody wanted 10 minutes of, of your time. Yeah. And I was there to, you know, I had my little daughter with us and and my wife. And it was like, man, I don't like this. Like I totally got, and, and I think Allah blessed me with this. I got a little snapshot of what it would be like to be someone who actually was recognisable for a short period of time. Yeah. Forget it now. That's what you... Um, and I was like, man, I don't want this. I know this would change me for sure. So i got to stay away from it. So I never did another video like that. What, like, so they wanted, they wanted autographs? Or no, not autographs so much. Like, like they, 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 they were like, <laughs> take a photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. take a photo. Like, oh, yeah. like, like what he did to Hezbollah <laughs> in, in Hajj. Have you seen Hezbollah? Hezbollah? Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, this ain't going to be shown in Israel. Uh, we love Australia. It's not that small. You know, you know the little brother, the pocket size bro, brother? Bro, it's not that little, small, little, bro. Little Khabib, the one that's going around now. Hezbollah. He's, he's in Australia now. He's the little... I don't even know what you're talking about. Little Khabib. No oh, you're talking about the... He's got uh, um, some sort of uh, congenital disease. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and was he punching yeah. Shaq? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the bloke, yeah. He's famous like that. With He's famous where you don't really know why they're famous. Oh, well, you know, someone had heard me say some funny stuff and thought, yeah. oh, they identify with it, which is great, right? Yeah. And it was it was nice that, yeah. you know, it had that connection, but it was weird. And I'm so wrapped that, uh, you know, it's it's it not continued. Yeah. Plus, it's also changed that, like, I make sure I'm behind the camera. Yeah. I don't do this very often. Gotcha. And, and one of the reasons I, I'm doing it with you guys is because, you know, obviously I know some Small of you. Small audience. And, and it's, you know, you obviously <laughs> yeah. got five, you've got five followers. And uh, <laughs> soon to be six. I'll get my wife on there, right? <laughs> Just click subscribe, honey. It's not going to mean anything. Um, but yeah, subhanAllah, it's, uh, it's, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Like it's not, 
it's mm. all the crap without the benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's you got and you got to be nice to people and you got to talk to them. You got to because you know I don't want to be rude to anyone. But we stopped in airports. People like security were asking. I thought we were getting taken yeah. into security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to take a photo with yeah. you, brother. I was like, <laughs> oh, phew. you know. But it, it was it was a small brush with fame. People told me the TikTok one now has got millions of hits or something. Yeah, it's gone viral. And and so that freaked me out. Someone in a pizza shop recently were like, you've gone really viral <laughs> on a TikTok. I was like, what? Yeah. They showed me it's like 1.2 million or something. I was like, man, I should have you know, monetized this, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> You actually should have because when I was like obviously looking you up, yeah, um, you know those study note websites where they've got like summarized version of the books and stuff and they put it in like script form. Right. Your whole script or whole whatever, your whole speech scripted. has been scripted no word for word. Wait, wait, really? Wait, wait, where's this? It's on like like one of those like, you know those school websites where they've got like study oh, notes school? type of thing? Summa- they summarize, they summarize stuff. So they summarize your video. So so I, I think wish I had someone that stuff when I was in uni, man. Yeah. <laughs> you could plagiarize so <laughs> easy back then. <laughs> I think but someone might have done a study on it or something like that. I, look, Bilal was on your, Sheikh Bilal Asad was yeah. on your, your podcast recently and I caught up with him uh, a couple of days ago and um, I said to him, and it gets back to intention, right? Money, monetizing, likes, all that stuff aside, if that video has changed enough people's opinion or if it's done good in that sense that's the payment that yeah. i'm hoping i get from yeah. from the echera you know like because because i know you know i've got a lot of things to make up for so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i know yeah. i got a clean slate you yeah, know yeah. i was 19 but i've done some stuff since then so <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy though like for example Wait, the just le- let me do a disclaimer <laughs> it was all legal the stuff i've done <laughs> it's just you know i haven't always been my best version <laughs> yeah i'm just Amazed that like it was never your intention to even post something. <coughs> you got this famous unintentionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like oh, there was no posting back then. There yeah, was no posting. Yeah. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. Viral, Instagram. Yeah. The video was put up years later by someone who ripped it off the DVD. Yeah. And I don't even. I mean, look, alhamdulillah, and I'm, I'm glad it's had an impact, as I said. But but for that reason, that reason only, my intention is that it does good, and that's it. Yeah. It also teaches you that lesson, so you can teach other people about the. Stay off the stay off the front of the camera, man. Yeah. And, and be careful of fame, right? So let's say, for example, you guys get famous. People Shall start walking up to you uh, on the on the street, right? And I say this to myself: if something is gonna, from the outside, look beneficial to me, but bring me blackness in my heart, t- keep it away from me. Mm. I'd rather go bankrupt. I'd rather mm. lose business, do whatever, than than go down that path. Because ultimately, what's the success in this life? The su- success in this life is yeah. is your intention being the best version of yourself and and dying as a Muslim, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so you know, I never really understood that. I remember when people used to say that, yeah. the most important thing is to die as a Muslim. Be hardcore, bro. Like, there's heaps <laughs> of other stuff you can do during the, you know, your life, your kids. And yeah. But the truth of it is, like, ultimately at the end, if you don't die as a Muslim, if you leave Islam at some stage, if you leave that belief system, like, that's it. Mm. That's the worst thing that can happen to you because that's your last chance. Once you're in that grave, yeah, it's that's it. It's, yeah, it's, it's cut off, yeah. That's, that's actually what I wanted to ask you. I want to you think I'm going to die soon? <laughs> you saying? Yeah. How much longer do you reckon you got, bro? <laughs> I don't know, you said you're like 60-something. <laughs> I actually wanted to ask you about like what happened after you converted. Because I know I can hear a lot in this like in this day and age, like when I speak to other reverted people, like they, they feel like this sudden influx of like love and, and everybody's and connected to them and then, and then completely emptiness. So so yeah. I think um I think uh when I became Muslim, um it wasn't fashionable. Yeah. Um, it was before 9-11. So I think a lot of people looked into Islam, yeah. even though something, you know, we know the hadith about yeah. it's possible to see something, you know, have something bad happen and it's yeah. actually good for you and vice versa. I think that you love something and it's bad for you. I don't know. I don't know. At the time, there's no support. I, look, I did have a good group of brothers. Bilal Assad was one of them. Mm-hmm. His father, his other brother, um, Abu Hamza, um, another, another brother named Muhammad. 
uh, who, who checked in on me a lot yep. um, and, and would ask me, hey, come back for this thing or we've got you know, a night we're going um, – we're going to go have dinner and they would always invite, you know what I mean? So, yeah. and, and then Murad Selik, you know, you probably guys know Murad um, and, and his brothers. And I sort of got this good group of brothers that I actually felt closer to than any group of friends I'd ever had. Yeah. I lost all my friends, pretty much all my friends at the time because a lot of the friendships I had were based on going out and drinking. Mm. Um, 19-year-old, you know. yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you know, doing some dumb stuff. Like, I won't, oh, I'm not going to lie to you, like, I was, I was a bit stupid back then. Used to get into fights, you know. Used to do graffiti. Used to break into, you know, yeah. our local school and have yeah. fire extinguisher <laughs> fights and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, what's the statute of limitations? Seven years. Yeah. So yeah. the cops can't get <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so, so, yeah. So dumb stuff, like dumb stuff that I'm really glad, um, you know, didn't go the other Left, way because yeah. there was a couple of times we were really drunk, um, where it really could have gone the other way. Like yeah. we did some stupid things, like hanging off trains and you know something. Knock over mailboxes. No, I never did that. I had respect <laughs> for mailboxes. <laughs> I had more disrespect for myself, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But there was a catalyst, and I don't know if I've ever spoken to this mu- uh, about this much on, on any kind of uh, public Platform. forum. But the moment, the catalyst for me to actually change my life was when I was the drunkest, right? I actually got um, paralytic drunk. Like, I hours passed, and I don't even know what happened. Hang on a second. You're not subscribed. Can you do me a favour? Run that mouse or your finger to the bottom there. Click that subscribe button, turn on that notification bell as well. Thank you. And I woke up, and sort of similar to in here, there were sort of lights, you know, fluoro lights. Yeah. And I felt hot and cold, um, a hot and cold feeling all over yeah. my chest. And as I'm coming to, because you've got to remember, I'm still half tanked, you know, I'm still drunk. <laughs> and I can hear voices around me, and people are over me. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm in hospital, right? I've had some sort of surgery. I've got things attached to me, whatever. I'm hearing weird noises. And I start coming in and out of focus and I start focusing better. And I look up and I see 7-Eleven, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I look down here and I've got Big M meat pie. <laughs> and I, and my mates are eating their dinner off my oh chest, my man. Goodness. I was at coffee table, right? <laughs> I was like, this is the lowest moment of my <laughs> life, right? Like Big I pies. am in the gutter and I'm a coffee table. <laughs> And like I've got crumbs all over me, like, you know, they're squirting the sauce on a pasty and it's going on my like these guys are the lowest. And these are my best mates, you know? Yeah. And um That's a good one. I'm not gonna lie, gotta give it to them. And subhanallah, you know, like, well, why put it on the ground, man? The guy's yeah, exactly. you know, it's a little bit higher, we can sit around him. Uh and, and I remember I went home that night and I said to myself, you know, something's gotta get like I've got to change something yeah. in my life, man. This is this is crap. Cause I my you know, the, the story which you can check on YouTube is my parents divorced. Yeah. You know, my dog, my dog died. Dog died. I had two car accidents in one week, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think I was just all over the place when my dad told me he was leaving. And uh, and I still have a great relationship with my dad and my yeah. mum to this day. But, you know, they didn't work out, um, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, and had a friend pass away from cancer. And yeah. all these things happened. And I think my mind was just all over the place. So I was drinking to forget. You know, like, you don't drink to that point when you're happy. Yeah. Mm. You're drinking because you're avoiding stuff. You're trying to escape. If you're smoking dope, it's like, why yeah. are you doing that? You yeah. know, because you're escaping. It's an escape. And sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it helps you, uh, but it's very short term, and yeah, yeah. it does more damage. You know, well, it did for me anyway. And uh, yeah, I remember just going home and, um, and saying something's got to change. And that was actually the catalyst. That was the night that I said I'm going to start looking into yeah. religion. I got to find something else because this is not working. Oh, you know, it wasn't working for me. So, uh, and it took about you know almost twelve months sure. to find uh, the, the truth for me anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And sorry, go no, ahead. no, you go, go, go. Um, so I, I'm just thinking about like, what, well, so what year was this? Uh, I was 18 in 93. Yeah. I've, I've heard reports you were 20. 
And it took me, <laughs> and no, I think I turned 18 and then I was 19 that year. Yeah. And then by the time I found Islam, like, which was the last religion I was going to yeah. look into, it was like the, the lowest. Yeah. So I'm going to look into that. <laughs> Those terrorists, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? Um, this is in the 90s. I was like, was like, and, and you couldn't Google stuff, right? There was no yeah. Google didn't exist. So I had to read the Quran <laughs> from cover to cover, right? Yeah. Um, so Kill Allah, them wherever you find them. It took me a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you when you read the, the different the uh, context. The context. <laughs> but I had those questions for people. And this yeah. is a message I'd love people to understand. Yeah. Um, Islam for me has been something that at different times, different parts of the Quran appeal to you. For sure. And they speak to you in a very different way. Yeah. And it's almost like you read something. I don't know if you've ever had this epiphany. You read something you're like, man, this was read, written for me tonight. Yeah. Yeah. It was written for me right now. Yeah. And other times you're like, what is that on about, right? Yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah. And then what you realise and what I've realised over time is if you don't, if something doesn't sit right, it's it's not the Quran's fault, it's your fault. You don't yeah. have enough knowledge, right? Yeah. And you have this amazing era where you can look up people like Nurman Ali Khan and all these people who explain it for someone who's an English speaker really, really well. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then you, like he did, we filmed something for him um, in Malaysia for like six weeks yeah. and he did a um, tafsir on uh, Surah Al-Fatiha. Yeah. It went for 45 minutes, man. Wow. Yeah. On Surah Al-Fatiha. Yeah. Seven right? hours. No, no, sorry, sorry. It went for four hours. Sorry, what am I talking about? It was Four. 45 minutes on Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, which isn't even <laughs> technically yeah. part yeah. of the Surah, right? It's just yeah. the introduction. And I was like, when he said the thing, I was just like, my man, this thing yeah. is so deep because the Arabic language, as you know, you know, there's like 10 things deeper than the English word yeah. that is, is being used to, to translate. So it's specific. The order that things yeah. are said in uh, exactly. are important. The way that there's em emphasis on certain things, that it's, it's incredible. So, so what I've learned over time is that, hey, if you don't agree with something, just say, okay, right now, I don't understand it properly. Yeah. That's why I maybe have a difficulty with it because what I'm getting is maybe half the story, you know? Yeah. Let me get the full story before I, before I have a problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> so and and that I've had that many times where people and it's like hajj right hajj to be honest with you before i went to hajj i was kind of like i'll do it because you know you have to and stuff mm. but like chucking rocks yeah walking around you know uh, what, uh, what looks like a tissue box yeah. Allah. um <laughs> you know all, all these things that you sort of look at very very ritualistic there's no yeah. kind of what's the meaning behind these mm. things but then you do it and you know subhanallah the other brother behind the camera here will know when you make tawaf and you're walking next to, and there's like an Indonesian husband and wife, and a Bosnian guy here, and African woman behind you, and you're like, oh my God, man, this is the whole world. Yeah. Like, this is the whole world. And we're orbiting the same way that the, 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 the Earth orbits around the sun. Yeah. And the way atoms or, you know, orbit around nucleuses and nuclei, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just start to feel like one with this, the flow. It's, it's incredible. I can't even explain it. And it was like, I was, I'm not going to say I was a skeptic, but I always. I always value that kind of like um, the internal feeling over the ritual. Like, the, you know, you make salat, right? You pray. Mm -hmm. It's very mechanical. But if you get in the zone, sometimes that prayer is the best. Like you just check in and you're right there and it's like you're standing in front of the Kaaba again. Yeah. Yeah. But what, what Allah has done for us is, is there's benefit in the physical, there's benefit in the psychological and there's benefit in the spiritual. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? For so sure. making tawaf... That, that ritualistic sort of movement actually makes you feel connected spiritually. Yeah. Um, you know, when I went and we throw the rocks, yeah. you know what that's called? Yeah. 
Um, you see, Aussies always get away with the fact yeah. that Arabic words, right? Um, too, uh, the best words I ever learned, inshallah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> mashallah. <laughs> yeah, mashallah. <laughs> Gets you out of any trouble, right? Someone's asking you directions. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Where is Vodafone insinuated? Mashallah, brother. <laughs> anyway, um, because the Lebas would be Vodafone, right? <laughs> 100%. Whatever's the cheapest. No, that's bad. <laughs> I am half Lebanese, I promise. <laughs> um, so, subhanAllah, you, you know, that that going to the area, throwing the rocks, makes you realise that, you know, as divided as the Muslim community is, we can do something all as one. We can come together. We can actually do these things uh, as a unified um, ummah, you know. And it, yeah. so it's incredible. The shaving of the head, again, ritual. Why do I have to shave my head, man? Yeah. But suddenly you think to yourself, actually, I'm, I'm attached to my hair. Like, I look like a nut job with no hair, right? Yeah. So it's like it's taking away your vanity. Because some brothers, man, they look amazing with hair. They look yeah. bad with no hair, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like what a heads, you know? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that show, bro. I showed you a photo of what I look like, right? I'm not showing that here. You're not getting a copy of that, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to find um, a dollar. No, no, it's not on anything. I've never posted it yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Uh, have you got, like, security cameras? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and so each and every single element of Hajj is designed to break you down and, and teach you something about your own character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the wearing of the um, ihram, ihram. ihram. Inshallah. You know, so, inshallah, <laughs> mashallah, uh, alhamdulillah, <laughs> is, is something that suddenly makes you feel, because, bro, you're naked under there. Yeah. Oh, my God, all of a sudden, I, I can't sit a certain way. Like, yeah. you know, blood brothers are sitting like this. <laughs> I'm going, brother, you're not supposed to sit like that, right? Um, and, and I was the only extra, extra large order. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else had standard fit. I had this extra uh, material. But it suddenly makes you feel very self-conscious. Yes. You know, you're worried it's going to come undone. I mean, you know, seriously, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very scary. Right? Yeah. And, and even sleep. And, and also maybe feeling what it's like for um, people who are wearing comf- clothing that's not that comfortable. So you've got mm. people in Western society that wear comfortable clothing that you can always see them adjusting it. Because yeah. it's fashionable, right? But it's not comfortable. So you get a feeling for all those things. It's incredible. Um, so, yeah, I've just sort of felt like every single thing that we're supposed to do I've understood the meaning behind them, you know, and, yeah. and I've learned every step of the way. You know, if my prayer isn't really good, I'm not in the zone mechanically, physiologically, it's actually good for me. It's good for your head to be lower than your heart yeah. for a certain amount of time, which is, you know, how, how long it takes to say subhanAllah three yeah. times, right? And it's good to, to um, hold certain positions, move in certain positions. Apparently, it flushes your head full of toxins, you know, uh, uh, gets rid of the toxins. Yeah. Uh, you have less chance if you pray or do yoga or something similar to getting dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, well, all these brain-related diseases, just by putting your head to the ground for a certain period of time. Yeah. Because for the most part, no one has their head to the head below, lower than their heart at all. Even yeah. on a pillow, when we're walking around, when we're sitting on a couch, when is your head lower than your heart? It's only if you do yoga or pray. Uh, so true. even if your prayer is rubbish, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're just whipping through it, yeah. it's got a benefit for you. You, you know, know what's so crazy about that? Like it always reminds me, like, subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees something. We're supposed to say... That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You know the reason, like, is because like God doesn't really necessarily need to tell us why, all the time. We need it, right? We need it. We need it. But check out how many benefits there are for us. We just have to believe, you know, and that's 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 a part of being a Muslim. It's the word submit. Yeah, yeah. So Allah Allah says something. And people think submitting is a weakness, right? Mm. Submission in jujitsu, or to submit to someone is to to lower yourself to them. But when you think about what submit submission is, letting go. I'm not in control. And when you actually do that, so I never t- tell this story either, but my wife and I have been married for 25 years. Mashallah. I love buddy. Um, we've got kids that are 15 or 14 and 11. And if you do the maths, there's an 11-year 11, 11 period there where we didn't have kids. So we did IVF for seven years. 
We tried to have kids. We had miscarriages. Um, alhamdulillah, right? These things were really, really tough. And I'm getting a bit deep now. Yeah. Um, and we had one that we actually named and, you know, like, you know, got to the stage where it was kind of, um, I, I guess we're going to see uh, our son uh, in, in Jannah, inshallah. And, and subhanAllah, sorry, it gets me a bit emotional. So, yeah, no, no, no. And um, I remember thinking to myself, like, why us? Why is this happening to us? Why are we going through this? Why are we um, being tested like this? Like, I've been a good person. I've made that YouTube video. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but why? And then subhanAllah, we let go. Yeah. We said, you know what? Stuff this, man. Stuff. All this cash we were spending, like you wouldn't believe. I think every try was like three grand or four grand. Mm -hmm. And we weren't getting enough eggs each time. So it was like a full three, three, four grand pop every time. And it was like that every three months. And we're talking back in the day yeah. when three grand was probably worth, you know, 10 grand now. Sure. And so, subhanAllah, <laughs> we, we, we were just hemorrhaging cash. Mm -hmm. And it was breaking my wife's heart. It was breaking us. There was no, you know, like everything was centering around, are we going to have kids, this yeah. and that. And we, we gave up. It broke us, right? I remember saying to my wife, that's it. I can't do this anymore. I can't watch you go through this again. Back then, they would actually trigger menopause to get more eggs released. Mm -hmm. They don't do it as much. I think it's a much easier process now. Mm -hmm. This is going back, you know, 20 years or so. Um, and it was really difficult on my wife especially, you know, especially the miscarriages. And, yeah. and, um, and subhanAllah, when we sat down and I said to her, there's a chance you can have kids with someone else because we weren't infertile. We both there was the, I call it unexplained infertility. I don't yeah. even know how to explain that. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what unexplained yeah. means. Yeah. <laughs> so, alhamdulillah. Mashallah. Mashallah. And so um, we got to the point where we both looked at each other. I said, "Listen, I want to stay with you, but if you want to leave because you want to have kids, I understand. Mm. Because yeah. obviously that we got to the point where I knew like it could either make or break <laughs> us. You know." And, and alhamdulillah, my wife said, no, like, I want to stay with you and I want to, you know, us to, to be together. That's more important. Mm. Bro, within three months, we were pregnant. Naturally, which had never oh. happened. And I thought, oh, wow, like, that's amazing. What a sign, first of all, but we're going to lose it, right? <laughs> yeah. And every time we went to get an ultrasound, um, I was like, there's no heartbeat, right? Yeah. There's no heartbeat. And the person's going, no, there's a heartbeat. And I was like, what do you mean there's a heartbeat? Like, it was just, we were just conditioned. Ten years of, yeah. of getting terrible news, right? Mm. And um, subhanAllah, my daughter came along nine months later, exactly like perfectly within time, perfectly healthy, four kilos. All these things were staring at me like this when she was born. And I was <laughs> like, and I realized at that moment, I know why I was put through this test. Because now I actually appreciate this little mm. girl more than than any parent at this very moment yeah. because of what Allah's put us through. And I, I, my daughter, you know, can be horrendous to us yeah. and I still smile and laugh at her because it's like, yeah. alhamdulillah, we've got this, this yeah. little girl who's got her opinions because she's very feisty. <laughs> um, and it doesn't matter, you know, like Allah taught us a lesson. It wasn't until you said, you know what, we're not in control. True. And we actually said, like, you know, whatever Allah gives us, we're happy with. We actually said that together. We made du'a together. And it wasn't, you know, we're going to trick Allah, you know. Yeah. We'll say whatever Allah gives us, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the old uh, <laughs> slide trick. We genuinely said, that's fine. If you don't want to give us kids, if you don't think we're going to be going to be good parents, then, then don't give us kids. Yeah. And I swear that's the same. I've made this prayer so many times in business, 
you know, um, in different things that I've done throughout my life, you make it and you just leave it in Allah's hands. That's, that's what submission is. Submission mm. is saying, you know what, I'm in control of some things, my own intention, mm. my reaction, my perception of things, but everything else, man, I'm not in control. And then that you can't get angry. You can't get angry with anything that happens after 100%. that, you know. Because, you know, it's in it's that, the hands of the infinite wisdom. And, and I, I thought this thing was the worst thing that could happen to us and it's actually the best, the best. Yeah, because yeah. it's like my wife and I are bulletproof, man. There's, there's yeah. nothing that come up now that... That could, that could get in the way, except bullets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true. a metaphor, but actual bullets yeah. may harm us. You make it yeah. so hard to have a serious conversation. Yeah. Like, like, I'm going, like, damn, and then I'm like, should I smile? Go. <laughs> you can edit, like, other shots, like, yeah. from you going, like that. they do it all the time, bro. Thank God this camera, when you're talking, is on you. And oh it's, really? like, it's actually not on me because the audience will see the other side. Yeah, you're losing I'm, it. I yeah, feel yeah. like I have bipolar, bro. Yeah. Diagnose me quick. I need you to diagnose me quick. You have your psychology degree. We've got to talk later, bro. There's some medications I can help you with. 100%. Now, that all makes sense because when your daughter tells you, like, stop shooting weddings, you're just going to jump then. Well, it, it was like... It there's was a bit like more to it, obviously. But there's yeah. more to it than that. But I think at the time I was also... I wasn't really happy... At that stage, like, you know, when you can tell you're doing something at that at a certain point where it's kind of like, I'm doing it now because it's a job. Like yeah. I've got to pay the bills or whatever. I've always been a, been a firm believer in do something that you really enjoy or don't do it at all. Yeah. So I still gave every single client 110%. You know, anyone who said that I filmed their wedding, you know, 20 <laughs> years ago, 15 years ago, wallahi, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll say that guy worked, you know, his ass um. off. But but the, the bottom line was oh, my heart wasn't it anymore and I can't. I'll be, sh I'll be shortchanging the next person if yeah. I start to hate it. You For know sure. what I mean? I didn't hate it yet, but yeah. I could see the writing on the wall. And, you know, I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted mm -hmm. directing. So, you know, every day now we're making short films, promotional videos, social media videos, and, and I love it. I yeah. love every single every single aspect. There's... I can't even think of a client I hate working for now. It's, yeah, it's like well, every client I love. There's something awesome. different. You know, we do stuff for supercar companies, then standard car companies, agriculture, education... We film TEDx talks, you know, we do all these cool, cool things and I learn so much every day. It's, it's yeah. awesome. Did you make the ad with Basha and the bold tyres? Is that? Basha and the bold tyres? No. You, you know, no. like the bold guys with the... No, I didn't oh, make that ad. Bold <laughs> <commercial>. <laughs> the kids and stuff, yeah. yeah. No, 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 not the nav commercial. The one yeah. when they had the beard. The tyres. Yeah, oh, you're talking yeah. about the bold little kids? Little Barry kids. No, no, not the little ones. Barry Hall was in it. And Paddy Ryder and Basha Hooli. That's little kids. No, 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 no. no. They, they had like, they were no, talking about tyres and they are talking about your oh. tyres being bold. And they're and they all bold. Guys. bold, oh, guys. They're yeah, all bold. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I wish, I wish. Uh, I remember the kid when having the beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a dab commercial. That's actually pretty good. Those yeah. kids yeah. looked legit. Yeah. Like, yeah. like the they, gave e they met each other. They, they met all of them, yeah. All uh, the kids. They gave one of the kids a Surioli tattoo. I was like, what? No way. Oh, man. I was going to ask Ruben though, because... Obviously, for a lot of the audience, they can find your like your story because your viral video is out there already. But in fifteen different languages. In fifteen different <laughs> languages. Watch it in Indonesian. <laughs> <laughs> There's English, Indonesian translation. That's, That's how I awesome. saw it. That's awesome. But I was gonna ask. So you converted like around '96 or whatever, and then obviously 9/11 happened straight after that and all that. Obviously, a lot of us are like born into Islam, so we don't know about the trials and like the tribulations that come into. Like being a Muslim, obviously different people go on their different journey and that, yeah? Sure. Could you tell us a little bit about like your journey after accepting and on top of that 9-11 happening and I guess the stigma around Islam and Muslims? Worsen? Yeah, I mean, look, I was that person who thought Muslims were terrorists. Yeah. So, so I guess I kind of knew how to disarm people uh, because I knew what disarmed me. Yeah. Um, so I could kind of say, radio, I know the things, if you mention Jesus as a prophet, yeah. What? Yeah. Jesus a prophet? Wait, yeah. aren't you guys like speaking some crazy language and firing <laughs> missiles, you know? Yeah. What the hell's Jesus, you know? So there's certain things you can tell people, particularly if they're religious themselves, like yep. Christian or something like that. Um, 
But I think that the, the toughest thing for me, and you mentioned it before about when you become Muslim, you feel this intense amount of emotion and love and, you know, all these different uh, um, brothers were hugging and yeah, kissing yeah, me yeah, and all yeah. this sort of stuff and inviting <laughs> me to dinners. And I don't think I paid for a dinner for about a year. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. I owe some people some dinners, right? Um, and they weren't eating off you as well. Yeah, bro, they would have been... Yeah, they, were, that was, uh, they, they weren't brothers, bro. Anyway... <laughs> That was a good one. Hold on, bro. That's, yeah, awesome. that's, that's the thumbnail, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the thumbnail. <laughs> you thought you were a coffee table. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so so you then feel this emptiness because everyone who you do know doesn't know or doesn't understand and treats you a little differently. Yeah. Sometimes you hide it for a while, and sometimes you know, even to this day, I don't, I don't walk around, you know, I walk into a, by the way, everybody, I'm Muslim, I need everything halal and women, uh, you need to walk out, and, you know, like, th that doesn't happen, right, but, you know, sometimes you just get on with the job, you do things, but if people ask you, you'll say, yeah, yeah, I'm Muslim, and they freak, yeah. sometimes they, they have to backtrack, did I say anything about yeah. Muslims, you know, because you might be talking about something religious or whatever, yeah. but, but for the most part, like, I think, um, I think the toughest thing was my, like, the, those closest to me, you can tell someone you just met, right, yeah. it's like, so what? True. But someone who you've already known or worked with or your dad or your mum or Family, your sister yeah. or whatever, they're the toughest people to talk to because they know you, they yeah. know you inside out and they're like, what? You know, and they don't believe what you believe. My parents and, and my sister still aren't, you know, yeah. Muslim. You've had um, that, obviously had that conversation with them. I've had conversations with them. You know, I had one conversation with my father once. So he's a staunch atheist. Like he's like, yeah. you're dead, done. Yeah. Nothing. There's yeah. nothing. And he was, you know, his, my grandfather was very religious and I think the... <coughs> It's that religious where you don't explain yep. what it is. So I always tell my kids, and this is something that people um, shy away from, right? I say, investigate. I want you to look into other religions because yeah. I'm that sure of what I believe yeah. and the truth in Islam. Go for it. I know you're not going to find the truth. I've, I've looked at these religions. Yep. Certain things just don't add up, you know? True. And as much as um, Islam is a bad word around the world, you've got to ask yourself why. Why is it a bad world, right? Why is it a bad word? Because people are f afraid of too many people becoming Muslim because of what it means. It's people not being greedy, people looking after each other. You can't make a lot of money yeah. if, if, we, if we were in a very Islamic society, right? That's <laughs> true. Because you have to thrash people to make that sort of money. To be a billionaire, do you yeah. think those people have done things unethical? Uh, of course they have. Yeah. They've stomped on people to get uh -huh. to that cash. You can't get to that amount of cash and not, not wreck people's lives, right? You've got to do a conspiracy theory. But it's not even a conspiracy theory, right? It's just, it, it is very, very worrying to anyone who has cash and is in power that something could come along and make people happy and they wouldn't need to buy Netflix, Amazon, binge, <laughs> stand and, and watch things all the time and, and, you know, be a capitalist, you know, consumerist society. Yeah. Yeah. the nuffs. Because, yeah, because you just, you just smash their nuffs and, and keep everyone controlled, right? Yeah. And it's not even a conspiracy. It's, pretty, it's, it's just so obvious, mm, right? Yeah. So when people sort of find out about Islam, they change the way they live, they change the things they do, they live more in harmony with the earth, they, they, you know, they try and be the best version of themselves because ultimately what a Muslim is, is someone who is kind of like, you're a caretaker in this world, you're responsible for this world. Allah's going to ask you, not only did, what did you do with this world, what did you do with your body? Like I say this to people, that's not your body. Like can you control your heart beating? Can you control your hair? Can you, you can't, right? You can control movement, but what happens if suddenly your bicep pops? Did you control that? Like if, you know, something, you're injured or whatever. So you're not even in control of that. That's going back into the dirt. Mm. So, so subhanAllah, you know, I think from, from the point I became Muslim, the only thing that kind of um, I found difficult was talking to the people close to me. And as I said, I, I did lose, lose friends. Um, but because I knew what I was believing was logical, um, that I could explain it, that if anyone asked the question, if I had long enough 
time with them, I could at least get them to not necessarily believe. I'm not out there to convert people or whatever, but they could at least understand, wow, yeah. that's actually kind of weird. So my sister got to the point where she said, I think the Quran was delivered by aliens. And I'm, I appreciate that because yeah. what she's saying is there's something special about that book. Yeah. It's a step on that way, right? It's yeah, not right? man-made. It's not from here. Yeah. It's got to be from someone who knows more than what we know, right? Oh. So she's at least acknowledging that because she can't explain you know, the idea of the, how the embryo yeah. was explained before microscopes, how yeah. mountains, geologists are talking about pegs, you know, mountains yeah. actually peg the tectonic plates together, all these sort of, I mean, I'm not saying that correctly, I'm sure, but yeah. um, sorry to any geologists out there. <laughs> yes. But, you know, there's a whole heap of, of scientific, because religion typically is the antithesis of science, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, just believe. But Islam is just, it's, it's got proof. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that they talk about the earth being round, before Galileo said it's round, right? Yeah, and everyone thought right. it was just this flat, you know, you go off, ah, you go off the <laughs> yeah, edge, right? Yeah, yeah. Subhanallah, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. So I've always felt confident in what I believe. I've always felt confident to tell my kids, do whatever research you want, you know, but make sure you make informed decisions. Like don't go and jump onto something else before you investigate, you know, know your, your own din first. Definitely. And know that, um, you know, knowing this din comes with a lot of responsibility as well. Yeah. But my father's the, the funny one, right? Yeah, my yeah. mum is very, very kind, beautiful heart. He's like, that's lovely, son. Wow, what an amazing religion. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, someone who says that is a very very nice person to talk to, but not someone who's probably thinking about converting. Mm. My dad argues with me, right? He actually yeah. argues. And one of the things I said to him recently was, um, I think I kind of got a bit frustrated because he was kind of coming out with all these, I wouldn't be part of a religion that would have me and all these kind yeah, of smart-ass yeah. remarks, right? You know, <laughs> uh, I, I, it's not that I don't believe in God. I don't think he believes in me. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. all right, Dad, all the Groucho Marx references yeah. or whatever. Oh, it's uh, which is going back to like way before you're born, right? <laughs> um, SubhanAllah, I said to him, I sort of thought about it and I said, um, so you're saying to me that this is it. This is the end when you die, worm food. He goes, yep. And I said, and if someone's had a really, really good life, that's it. They just had a really good life. And if someone just through circumstance was born in a country that was third world, had a really crappy life, war-torn country, that's their lot in life. He goes, yep. So there's no way anyone gets anything evened out. Nothing gets accounted for. No responsibility. No nothing. So essentially, people can do whatever they want and then they die. Yep. I said, so I want to know how you can sleep at night knowing that there are kids starving on the other side of the world and I want to know what you're doing about it. If you know this is their lot in life and nothing's going to be even out, because I said, I believe those kids who die in a war-torn country like Syria or other countries are going to have their reward. They're going to be rewarded in the Ekhra, right, in the hereafter. And the people who've been horrible people and but have lived lavish lifestyles, like, you know, drug dealers that are living the life, driving Ferraris, whatever, hurting people, and then, you know, they die. That's it. I said, but what are you doing? What are you doing to change the situation for these people, right? How are you even sleeping at night? Why aren't you on a plane right now in Africa, yeah. going to Africa and, and building a well? Yeah. And he just looked at me. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, like, you're full of it. Like, you're yeah. telling me all this stuff, but, like, yeah. put your money where your mouth is. You yeah. think this is it? Do something about it, you yeah. know? How can you have a conscience with that? And so, yeah, we didn't talk for a little while, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but he's come back around and, and we're talking again yeah. and I've made sure that I don't, uh, I don't thrash his life too much. But... Mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes you gotta you got to just call it as it is, you know. It's yeah. like you can tell me all these things, but, like, you're not doing anything that proves your point. If you think Definitely. that's all it is, how do you sleep at night? I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if this was all there was yeah. and people were living like that. I'd be over there. I'd be one of those people. So I really respect Doctors Without Borders yeah. or 
You know, because if they don't have, if they have belief, fantastic. If they don't, they're doing something about it at least, right? They're actually putting their money where their mouth is. They feel there's something wrong, so they're trying to change it. How does it make you feel to know that you can't, you know, like there's this thing where it's, you can't guide Allah SWT, guidance is in Allah's hands. And you know that as a Muslim, and you see the people that you love around you. And you want to try, yeah. Look, that's that's a tough one, right? Um, Because I love my parents, I love my sister. And I would certainly never want to think of them in any way, shape or form, you know, <laughs> being punished or whatever, you know. It's like, uh, you know, like save us from that fire, you know. And we say that as believers, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm very worried for, for those people. But at the same time, you know, you work on yourself, try and work out, make, be the best version of yourself, be an example. And, and I guess, you know, there's none, none who can, you know... Allah guides whom he guides and no yeah. whoever they, they whoever's misguided, you know, no one can guide. So Allah man. Inshallah Allah SWT gives all your family today. Amen, amen. Make make dua, please, all those five people following this channel. Which is just all your parents. And it means a few of them haven't haven't subscribed. That's pretty bad. Come on, mum. And Khalti and Tont. Oh, I love it. Um, I, re- I reckon we, uh, unless you got a question. Yeah, I want to do a quick 180, one last minute. Go back to the. 180? Yeah, we're going to do 180. Go back to the filming thing real quick. Sure. Maybe more like a right turn or something. Sure, sure. But anyway, um, I just want to know what was COVID like as a, um, as a person that was working in that industry? I want to know because obviously you've been doing that ever since you left psychology. Yes, yeah. Or being a psychologist. Co- COVID was a funny one, right? At first, that first couple of months was the best. Yeah. Like we were getting smashed with work. And we still had, like, the cool thing about filming and, and being in sort of film production is you do filming, but then you've got, like, weeks of editing. Yeah. And, and as you guys would know, you can film one day and it can create a week or two of work. Sometimes yep. it can create a month of work, depending on what the, the job is. So we still had quite a bit of editing. Yeah. So I was just kind of kicking back at home. Yeah. You know, I had the set up, the screens, all yep. that stuff, and people are singing off bal- balconies in <laughs> Italy and this stuff. You know, I'll just finish yep. my jobs. Um, and and kind of got through that first lockdown okay. Yeah. I did a lot of stuff, reconnected with the kids a bit more. Like sure. it was actually pretty cool. Nice. Uh, apart from all the deaths and stuff. Um, but <laughs> which you know, that sounds see that terrible. was one of those moments yeah. where I did this and I went straight yeah. down. That, what you do is cut to the later <laughs> reaction. Hundred um, percent is level. Hundred percent is level. Cut from the same. Clip. Oh, I don't know, bro. I don't know. But um, that second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth lockdown, <laughs> being Victorians. Um, you know, it started to wear a little thin, to be honest. Um, <laughs> we ran out of the work. Uh, we did get some exemptions. We could film some PPE yeah. training videos. Not necessarily the most, uh, you know, exciting videos to film. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, we put together some some sort of cool stuff that we know would have helped people yeah. to know how to don and doff, you know, yeah. PPEs, as they call it, don and doff. Yeah. I learned that. Um, and, <laughs> and we also started doing quite a lot of um, really cool Zoom calls with comedians. So we worked with Dave Hughes, Peter Hellier, Nazim Hussain, and those yeah. guys because um, we've filmed a lot of their shows for yep. comedy festivals, and so they would like drop in on Zoom meetings and oh. just hang crap on the boss, yeah. and, uh, and we cut together all these episodes and one, a couple of clients, um, like twenty episodes, yeah, where they were interviewing different staff members yep. and things. So it was some really cool. So what, like it was like serious meetings? No, no. So he would he would like actually interview staff. Oh. He would drop in on like a annual general meeting, yeah. and you know. <laughs> yeah. 
um, and do some funny stuff. But yeah, we, we did a lot of that. But that, again, that wore thin because you're talking like 480p, <laughs> really crappy uh, resolution. Like I'm used to really nice, you know, looking um, interviews and this stuff. What was, was that? Off, like man. 8K in 20 minutes? Right, pe people had like laptops looking up their nose, you know. It was all, it was, some people needed to clean this. Anyway, we started sending emails. Could you please clean your camera? Um, don't shoot your double chin. <laughs> um, try and point the, you know, sit towards a window, not like behind a window. It was like a silhouette. looked like yeah. one of those, a current affair. I don't know who did it. It was like one of those videos. It was awful, right? The question mark. So we had to do like a whole, we, we learned as we went. Yeah. Um, but yeah, by the last lockdown, which I think was 2021. Yeah. So we'd survived. We, we did a lot of work. Um, we got a lot of, um, you know, even when we opened up, sometimes we opened up two weeks, three <laughs> weeks, went back in lockdown. We, we smashed like 14 jobs in three <laughs> weeks yeah. and it had heaps of editing. But that last lockdown smashed me. Yeah. I yeah. honestly reckon that last lockdown psychologically started to yeah. bring me back to getting stabbed I like, <laughs> by I like, like I just had PTSD all over yeah, again just I just couldn't wait to get out of the house I was doing COVID tests just to get out of the house like <laughs> I'm gonna go for a drive <laughs> <laughs> alright let's go for another drive I'm feeling it today it's it's a, little little a tickle in the throat <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I was like I was using every excuse to get out of the they house they probably recognised you at the drive through dude I had like a ninth one free you know <laughs> stamp card oh Ruben Co how are you hey how you doing you probably haven't got it we, we tested five hours ago but um yeah and we were able to do some exemption stuff medically and some construction work like we mm. did drone drone work as well so we were yeah. able to do some stuff for there but yeah it was it wasn't easy and i can understand how i mean a fair few people i know got divorced <laughs> during yeah. well i'm smiling um <laughs> we'll just cut that in yeah so a fair, a fair few couples i know um didn't survive that and and you know that wasn't that wasn't easy cut to that camera for a little while because bro divorce is is worse than death bro that's the idea <laughs> But uh, no, it was. Um, We're not laughing at the divorce a bit, but no, no, of course, yeah, yeah. of course. No, no. But uh, sorry, there's always going to be that one person that's out of context. Yeah, <laughs> they skip to this part of the video and they just go, "What the hell <laughs> is this?" <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that was. Uh, Some psychologists. That was not an easy an easy last lockdown. That was the only lockdown yeah. that I felt. The I rest, like the rest were easy with family. You know, I actually liked my family. They were all right to <laughs> hang out with. We escaped one of the lockdowns. We made a run for the border. We went to Sydney. Yeah. Had a job in Sydney, and I knew. Uh, actually, my wife had, had a conference in the sydney in sydney and it was happening like the weekend after and she goes we're going to go into lockdown and i swear we packed the car and yep. then they announced Lock the locking down. down at five o'clock oh. we were already on the road <laughs> we crossed the border at like 4 30 <laughs> we were like Lucky. it was crazy man and that was like one of the best little impromptu holidays yeah. me and my family ever had so Did you get stuck in sydney or no 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 back. because um you could come back yeah you oh, just couldn't leave, couldn't leave. Yeah, they, yeah, they put yeah. victoria yeah. yeah so i mean one if you want to go back in victoria like yeah. you sure you want to yeah. come back <laughs> we're victorian <laughs> all right you know um but yeah that was that was that was actually kind of a really cool holiday yeah mm. nice i wanted to ask about because i know that like you said this career that you have has taken you crazy places i want to ask what's the craziest place you've been like Oh wow, the craziest place I've been. Because I love you in about. I was in Maui last week. Maui <laughs> 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 uh, on a shoot for Toyota. Um, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, look, we've done, we've done. So I've been to America, Maui. England, uh, Singapore, Malaysia, all around Australia. I'm trying to think. Uh, New Zealand. Um, where else have we filmed? Um, I don't know if I'd say there's been anything that's been the crazy. Look, hanging out the back of cars on racetracks which I just did last week, um, you know, you have to sort of pinch yourself and realise this yeah. is pretty cool. You know, like yeah. filming Lamborghinis or Ferraris flying by while you're on the radio going, radio, and there's like three race car drivers waiting for you yeah. to tell them yeah. where to drive. Flying drones, you know, over waterfalls and things like that. That's the good stuff, right? That's the stuff you post on Instagram, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, the, you know, the bit where you open up your gear, and, and you know, and, and something's broken from the flight or 
the tripod went to Bris- you know Brisbane and you're in Canberra <laughs> and you've got to put Ooh. a camera on a box with some t-shirts you know yeah. <laughs> when you're interviewing this um this person so there's the glamorous side yeah. and then there's the not so glamorous yeah. side as you know yeah. um but but I don't know if I'd say the weirdest thing oh, look I'd, I'd have to say a couple of weddings yeah. <laughs> would be <laughs> the weirdest things I've ever filmed <laughs> some of the things that people have asked us to film have been quite strange um but I, off the top of my head I can't think of any one thing that I would say that was crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have I hung out of a chopper, filming another chopper yeah. on a brace. So I was stepping on the what's that the rail, yeah, the rail yeah. and hanging out, really relying on that 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 brace. Oh um, yeah. Chopper's a helicopter, by the way. Sorry, yeah, for for yeah. the five in the audience, um, <laughs> who's it was it Matam Khalta? But yeah, that's uh, you know hanging out of a plane. We did a sh- shoot out of a plane once as well, which was pretty cool with the door open. Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> no, not quite. It was like a Cessna or something. <laughs> wasn't a fighter jet. But yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know any one thing. There's like such a collection of really cool things that we've done. But like, what's what's one crazy like? For example, if you were it's shooting in Italy in Venice or something like that, you know, like did, like. Nah, Maui last week. <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, you definitely love that one. I don't know. Honestly, honestly, I mean, we've done it. We did a promo video in Northern Territory once and we were on a river with crocodiles and we were filming out the front of this boat and this one croc took a liking to us and the guy goes, we've got to get out of here. And I remember thinking to myself, far out, he's actually serious. This thing was like six metres long, right? It was massive. And all you could see was just the little triangles in the water coming out and it was coming up and I think I just watched that movie Rogue, which is like about a crocodile killing people on the same sort of boat. So I remember being quite fearful of that one. And another time in that same shoot, man, this guy put us through hell. (laughs) We're standing waist deep at this fall waterfall called Gunlom Falls, right? I think they've actually locked it now or closed it. We're waist deep. He's doing a piece to camera. I got the camera on my shoulder because he couldn't put the tripod. It was all muddy and everything. And he's going, he's delivering. He goes, listen, no more takes, man. We've got to get out of here. There's crocs, right? (laughs) And we'd walked in this thing for like 10 minutes. I'm like, there's crocs. You tell me now. (laughs) I'm standing here like an idiot. (laughs) Checking audio. Like, are you for real? There was crocs. Someone had been taken the week before um, from that very spot. Northern Territory, in Kakadu, Kakadu National Park. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's it's a, yeah, you got to be yeah. really careful. But yeah, no no one. Would thing. you ha- would you have like a dream location or company that's like, hey, and maybe it's like achievable. Like in the next couple of years, I'd love to work for person X in, you know, that country or. I, I always know, feel, and and for anyone who's an aspiring filmmaker, which I I try and say, you know, I'm a filmmaker, but you know, yeah. we've, we haven't made that many films. Um, maybe like a dozen or so, but um. Don't be afraid to sort of work for other people or do some volunteer work and learn. I taught myself the whole way and it, I think it took me a lot longer to get to where I am because I didn't have anyone mentoring me and sort of telling me, hey, you should do this or do that. I learned most of what I do from photographers at weddings because photographers back then when they used to use film, they had to know what they were doing. Mm. You couldn't see what you were shooting. You had to understand light. You had to understand. So I remember asking, what, what's an f-stop? What's a shutter speed? Yeah. Why are you on ISO this? And mm. what does that mean? What does that mean? So I gained a really good fundamental understanding of, of yeah. kind of optics and cameras and things from those guys. But yeah, if, if you want to get far and you want to work with really amazing people, just ring up and say, you know, can I work with you or whatever? But my phone's busy and um, my, my <laughs> <box> is connected. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're going to put his address in the comments. But I'd love, to, I'd love to do like some kind, of not a, I'm not going to say a Hollywood film, but there's certain directors like David Fincher or you know, Sam Raimi and all these kind of guys that like yeah. if they... That would be my dream is to work on set with those guys. I don't have sure. to be anything other than I'll tape down cables. I don't care. Yeah. But um, are they like your inspiration in like the film industry? Yeah. Well, I mean, Sam Raimi, who's, work, um, he did the Evil Dead series, right? So Evil mm-hmm. Dead 2, Army of Darkness and then Dark Man. And he's done a few things since. He's, I think he directed um, the first couple of Spider-Mans. He oh, just okay. did the latest um, 
Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor uh, Strange, yeah, Multiverse. Yeah. And um, you can see there's things in there, like he put his original car in there and there's Bruce Campbell, who's one of my favourite like B-grade actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a real inspiration for me when I was a kid because I used to film when I was a kid. My dad was a school teacher. On what? He, on the, you'd have a the camera and then another one. thing on your shoulder with yes. the tape in it turning. Like it was, you had to have power, no batteries. Wow. Um, and so I used to do little animation films, move my shoes around, film the cat, the dog. Yeah. And I'm talking about like I was five. Yeah. So it's always been in my blood. I always loved and what's it. What's that record onto? Like a, one of those. It was beta cam back then, I think it was or yeah. something. Yeah. Which was the smaller version of VHS. Because I was cleaning out a room recently in my house. I did like a little bit of a story on my Instagram. Um, but I went and found like these old like tape cassettes and all that oh, kind of wow. stuff. Oh, wow. And then I went and I'm like, I had like one of those days, I was like, I don't really want to do anything type of thing. Let me go find yeah, out yeah. how do you think. How do you but I had a bit of a problem. I was like, how am I going to watch this tape? Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah, the yeah. old VHS and all that kind of stuff, I went running around. I still haven't ended up finding it. But one of the things- Are you I trying to get me to convert it, bro? Is that what you're trying no, to do? No, 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 no. Free? no, no bro, yeah, it's no, 20 yeah. bucks an hour. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things while I was in that whole process, I was just like, damn, like- Life was low-key much more simpler back then in regards to, like, the chords and it just all these flush of memories, you know? Honestly, yeah. Look, there, there certainly was. I, I think I've seen a few docos recently where everyone's talking about phones and social media yeah. and they even ask these kids. I think it's called Childhood 2.0. It's on, it's on YouTube. And there's another one called The Social Dilemma, which yeah. should, everyone should watch. And um, those two films, when I watch them, that, like, basically the end game, like, the ultimate kind of... Uh, conclusion of both is if we could go back and, and remove social media and these phones most kids would say yes get rid of them yeah but it's like fear of missing out fomo and all yeah. this if i get rid of it but then all my friends will still have it so they'll be talking about me yeah. you know it's like it was a simpler time mm -hmm. but the opportunities now are so vast True. like you want to make a film like back in the day forget it yeah now i can make something like with an sd card i bought at officeworks right yeah. for, for 50 bucks or 40 bucks 30. a camera you know it's amazing, right? Yeah. You, can, you can you can do the computers are so powerful. You can get a little two grand computer, mm. and 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 edit on it. So and edit really good quality stuff. So one last question before we wrap up the episode: What advice would you give to the younger self, like younger Ruben back in the days, or oh. younger Abu Bakr or younger Ruben Abu Bakr, <laughs> um, Rabi and Mishmish? <laughs> um, wow. Whether it's what film advice. related, life related, like just anything. I, I feel really blessed that I think I've been through a journey where I'm really glad for everything that happened, good and bad. Yeah. Um, so, so I think the only advice I would say would be kind of like enjoy the journey. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's all going to be okay. Whether you're a coffee table or not. Yeah, whether you're a coffee table, bro. <laughs> you know, you won't always be a coffee table, bro. I mean, deep down, you're still a coffee table, but <laughs> I mean, I can sit there and you can put all this stuff on me if you want. <laughs> just as the thumbnail. But yeah, I, I think it's just kind of like don't take yourself too seriously because um, I think... Uh, yeah, I think when I was younger, I, I kind of, you know, liked to be the centre of attention and I liked to joke around and I needed that validation or whatever. So maybe I would sort of tell, tell myself, you know, grow up a bit quicker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe the advice I would give is what I gave before is don't be afraid. And I did, use, I did do it. Like, don't be afraid to do work for free and go out and learn from people because everything you do, there's, there's something you can learn from it. So it's not free. Yeah, yeah. You're getting paid in different yeah, ways. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Transferable skills. This is actually a great way to wrap up, yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. A pleasure, a pleasure. Honestly, we're, not, we're probably going to end up... Round two. You just yeah. <laughs> we're just going to keep coming through now that we know where your studio is. Yeah, no, nah, it's closed most of the time. It's by appointment <laughs> only. But Ahmed's uh, <laughs> got on a holiday. I'm away a lot. I'm away a lot. And it's a really good security system. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about the crocs anymore. You don't have to worry about us now. You have to worry about you, boys. <laughs> I've got cameras. Don't worry. <laughs> but, uh, thanks again for coming on. Nah, pleasure, boys. Pleasure, pleasure being the house. Thank you. Definitely need to do round two as well. Don't. 
Uh, Seth, uh, everybody in the family, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe <laughs> on the, the video. <laughs> tell, tell them about our viewership, the, the amount oh. of people that's not subscribing. Oh, yeah, like, honestly, come on, guys. Let's, let's come on. I heard you had 50k views on uh, one of the, and you got like, you know, these five people. Man, they're really pulling their weight, man. They must be telling everyone they know. Watch this video. I have a lot of cousins. <laughs>